We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's back, making fun of me already because in the intro it says from the streets of Mullins Park. There's a reason for that. When I was a kid, you were on the streets. You went outside, you did things, you hung around with your friends, you interacted with other people. It was a much better time. You didn't hide behind computers. If you had a problem with somebody, you worked it out, you punched them in the face, they punched you in the face, then you became best friends, right? I mean, that's the way it used to be. Even uh, back in the day when there were... Street gangs and tough neighborhoods. You go over, you beat the hell out of each other, and you end up dating a guy's sister. It worked out famously. It was wonderful. And that's why I never really bought the tagline throughout our our history of exactly what happens when our government sends the bravest men, the actual warriors, who are always controlled by the most incompetent cowards. That's called government. And they send our guys there, and they waste their life, and they waste their effort. This is going to be the part of the show where I make a lot of people cringe, but I don't care because it's the truth. This country hasn't fought a war on principle since Korea, and most of the people don't understand what it was about in Korea. That was right after World War II when Russia was going to take over Korea because Japan pulled out of it when it was peaceful. And the Americans knew that if they lost that, not only would those people be damned by slavery of communists, Russia would have a strategic point. Russia would have beaten us. So we not only freed millions of South Koreans, and by the way, created a booming country in South Korea, as compared to its neighbor in North Korea, where they don't have lights or weight problems, unless, of course, you're in the government, kind of like us. Um, that's the last war we fought for any real good reason. And we bought all the BS, which is bipartisan, for what, 20 years that they admit to? That they admit to. As if we weren't having actions in the Middle East prior to September 11th. No, not at all. And that whole thing with uh, South America, that was all for good intentions. It was all, we were always in the right in that. We, we, we really, we created those banana republics and we put, picked our favorite dictators and it all worked out famously. And now our government has to pay each and every one of those scumbags to the tune of about four to seven billion a year. So they hope that they could keep some of their citizens who want to run the hell away from those countries from running into our country. Isn't it a wonderful foreign policy America has? Because what I just described to you is far more accurate than you're going to hear for the rest of your life by these political whores and their propaganda salesmen. In the meantime, they are so 
incompetent, so double-talking. You've got a sitting moron, the flaccid fascist, who, by the way, every time he walks on grass, it's the only time I smile about his presidency. To watch this feeble fascist try to walk on grass, I told you, it's like watching a baby do the tango. It's just wonderful. I I love how sure-footed he is. What a walking embarrassment this piece of garbage is. And the idea that anybody would vote for him is, is just sickening. But the idea that he's sitting in an office... It's disgusting and it's despicable. And you realize just how much money and men, men and women, we lost. And now, and now here's idiots. Here's idiots on CNN. And they're justifying the fact that the U.S. is returning with 3,000 combat troops to get out 2,500. 1,000 troops to Qatar. 4,000 troops to Kuwait. It's all happening right now. Why do you think that is? Because Joe Biden is a foreign policy wizard. He's a president who's really worked for 50 years at building relationships. He's been wrong for five decades, just like every single Democrat policy has been wrong for 10 decades. These stupid son of dogs. And that's why when they're in office, you lower your expectations. That's why the reporters, they don't ask the tough questions. And it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense when you ask them, uh, 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 why are you doing what you're doing? Oh, you see, this is all part of a bridal. You, you, you don't get the big picture. See, what we've, we're doing is we're bringing stability there. The time we've been there, there have been no dirt or murders or mayhem, except when we misfire and kill civilians. You know, like Barack Obama, 90% of his drone strikes killed innocent people. Now the women and children are just getting killed by the Taliban, who you've armed in the last month, you stupid idiots. That's what's really happening. And by the way, you know who's been ready for this? You're never going to believe it. Who's been working for months to build a relationship, not with the Afghan government that we've helped stable and corrupt. And by the way, they know it's corrupt, and they just factor it into the money we pay these third world dictating scum that they are. They're going to be replaced by even worse ones. Yeah, the old Taliban. They're back. With the fashion sense, it's going to be great. This falls, the the drapes they wear for the fall, you're going to love it in Afghanistan. Now they're wearing masks, which makes it really, you know, at least they're complying with the rules of our government by wearing masks. But this is from two weeks ago, two weeks ago, as the people who have been planning to take over the world for 5,000 years, that Sun Tzu art of war, you think there's a Democrat that ever read it? You think there's a Democrat that even knows what the Silk Road is or Kublai Khan and China? You think they understand exactly what's been going on with China and what their real objective is? I don't think so, because China has been making friends with the Taliban. There are increasing concerns tonight about China and how it may move to strengthen its role in the Middle East as the U.S. departs Afghanistan. The Chinese official has met with Taliban representatives, and Beijing is calling the U.S. effort in that country a failure. National security correspondent Jennifer Griffin has details tonight from the Pentagon. A delegation of top Taliban leaders was given a warm welcome in China this week by top Chinese officials who experts... They're flying the Taliban in for a meeting. Wouldn't that be something? Let's come on in, guys. Let's get your top guys. You all put your mask on because, you know, we're all real worried about the coronavirus. You come on and sit down and we're going to talk about your future because I think you Taliban guys, you, you guys, you got a bright future. In fact, you're going to be taking over that country in no time. As soon as this dimwit who can't remember if he's got pants on or slippers, this idiot that's now running America, he's going to really screw it up. And something tells me we're not even going to have to arm you. In fact, they're going to abandon all those weapons and ammunition. And then when they come back again, you could kill them with their own stuff. 
Isn't that going to be great? And there's the Democrats. Step and fetch Democrats. Could I get 2000 a month? I'd like to have a little walking around money. i got to offset this inflation your other policies are creating. You meet a Democrat. You meet a Biden voter. You make sure and give them the bird. Because believe me, that's what we're all getting when these idiots are in charge and making decisions. Every single time. Every single municipality. When there's a mafia Marxist Democrat in office, expect mayhem and failure in your future say are seeking to position themselves in the event of a total collapse of Afghanistan on its western border It'll and be fill fine. the vacuum being left by the United States. China has invested billions of dollars to secure copper mining rights in Afghanistan. This is the most high-profile welcome of the Taliban on the world stage by any world. You know what else the Taliban has? You get, guess. I mean, aside from the heroin and the poppy and the drugs and the mayhem, they've got lithium. They've got oceans of it. And you know our green energy policies that these idiots, these Democrats are going to double down on stupid and tell you that what you exhale is a pollutant? Now we're going to have to change our entire existence. And guess what we're going to have to buy? All that money they just crammed down your throat? And for those of us that pay taxes, it's the other orifice. All that money? That's going to buy the lithium from the guys who are beheading the government we've been bribing and pretending is a Democrat, America-friendly government. Are you sick of winning? Have you had a good time? Do you think there's a Democrat voter that can follow even that opening monologue? Do you think there's one? Or are they just waiting for their welfare and their child care and their free health care and the 2,000 walking around money? Well, they hope not to get shot in one of the ghettos their policies created. The only good news is it might be better. You could probably pick up a nice little condo in Afghanistan after the Taliban brings a little stability to it. It'll be safer than the south side of Chicago or New York or New Jersey or L.A. That's the only upside to these idiots. What they're creating in our country actually makes the terrorists in the other country, those neighborhoods aren't that bad. I mean, at least if you get hit there, you get hit with one of our missiles. America, bringing democracy and peace throughout the world. The idea that we even let these people make decisions is a disgrace. That's why when you ask them what's going on, they talk out of two sides of their mouth because they're too stupid. They're too stupid to understand one of the devastating policies and the ramifications they create to millions, if not billions of innocent people. There's one other big thing that will help millions of Americans afford their prescription drugs. Shut up, you stupid idiot. 312-642-5600. Are you tired of winning or are you thirsty for more? When we get back. Right, now, I know, listen, that's, it, my foreign policy position is real simple. I think that these dictator-run countries, the ones, even the ones that our CIA helped install, I don't think they're worth one drop of American blood in one dollar. I don't. I think it's terrible what's going on there. However, we're the reason that it's terrible. That's just the way it is. We are the ones that installed how many theocrats throughout the Middle East? We did that. Now, I understand you have to take a hard look at your own past and your own history, and I know it's not a popular opinion. I know everybody wants to think we're the good guy, but are we the good guy? Are our, our, our politicians in our own country, are they the good guy? What they're doing to, to the stability of our country, of our finance, of our freedom, is, is, is it, uh, would you say that, I, I wouldn't categorize an entire political party as Americanism and having the principles of Americanism and having good intentions. I wouldn't qualify 
any of the Democrats, and I would probably only qualify 50% of the Republicans. But yet, I will always focus on the amount of money that has been spent since September 11th and the particular politicians who have been enriched by it. And I don't just mean the Cheneys. They're the most obvious. Every single one of them have been massively, massively enriched by this. Now, Joe Biden heard a policy that Trump had absolute and total support for, and that was to take our boys home. Take our boys home. Trump was going to hopefully have a better policy, but we'll never know now. I would assume he would, but we'll never know. What we do know is we're going back in. And I don't care how you pretend we're not. They're going to lie, cheat, and steal. They've figured out, and this is George W. Bush, how to privatize war. They hire mercenaries. They tell you it's good for you. They tell you it's safe. And in the meantime, they pay those guys better. That's fine. But what happens to the actual warriors? You have changed generations of lives with this war. You have maimed tens of thousands of boys, completely affected them, and you, you, you came back with nothing. You have no reason. In fact, right now, politicians who have been in the Senate and in Congress the entire time cannot tell you what good it was. They will point to the fact that there were no murders under their qualifications of what a murder is for X amount of time in Afghanistan. And why? How is it how is it run? Do we know? And the answer is no. We've spent billions in just bribing the government that we pretended was friendly to us. It's a real real bad bad plan, bad policy. The money is one thing and it's gone and whenever there's a politician in charge of something the money's always gone. Whatever the hell they say they're going to do, they don't do. The only people that believe it are the people who need it on welfare to live. Everybody else knows it's a scam. So sick and tired of pretending they're getting results rather than destroying our country. And these simultaneously with this going on are actual enemies who hate this country for what it used to be. They're probably real excited with the Biden administration. He is the greatest asset to the enemies of what Americanism really means. They're laughing right now as he's passing, and no one wants to talk about this either. He's going to mandate interstate travel. All you truckers out there, all the guys who like to go for a ride every once in a while, how does that work? What do you mean you're going to monitor for a vaccine? They're going to stop trucks at state lines to see if guys have vaccines and cars and families are going on vacation. We are, in fact, a totalitarian third world corrupt hellhole like the ones we pretend we're saving. That's just the reality of it. Thank a Democrat. In fact, for the next four years, thank a Democrat for all of it. Because there is no bright spot. There is no upswing. Fascists know how to do one thing and one thing only. Turn you into a slave. Where you're not going to, it's not going to matter what you think. This is just the way it is. And they will lie, cheat, and steal. Because that's what they do. Especially the Democrat ones. They are just wretched, bald-faced liars. And this buffoon has the audacity to go on vacation. Why don't you take a couple days off, Joe? You earned it. How's he going to know he's on vacation? You think they'll let him walk around without his diaper like a two-year-old? Joe and Dundee. I can't hit it. I can't hit him. I might call screen. Hey. Hey, Joe. How are you? Yeah, hey, Sean. Yeah. Um, well, the whole thing with Afghanistan is, you know, they're Taliban's talking with the Chinese. And uh, I'm sure at this point it's uh, a future communist country because uh, 
Uh, I don't think they don't have an economic plan. They're a theoc- they're, they're they're a theocracy. So so the women will be raped. The women will be sold. The women will be imprisoned, and so will the men. And the only way you're going to get up through it is if you have friendly people in the hierarchy, kind of like socialism or Marxism or communism. It's similar to that, except it has a religious tinge. So right before they cut your head off, you hear that Ali Ali Oxen Free, they like to yell when they whack in the back of the head with the thing. That's about it, Joe. But that's that's just the reality of what it's like when these buffoons are in charge, Joe. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Now. This was the plan, by the way, as far as I'm concerned. This was the absolute and total plan. Pretend you're going to follow through on the one major foreign policy Trump had major support for, which was ending these endless wars. Walking away and stop losing money. First thing, you know, that's why that's the beauty of having a businessman in, because what he understands is when you find yourself in a hole, what's the first thing you do? Drop the shovel. Politicians don't do that. They keep digging. They're convinced to dig. So this was the plan. To pull out, and we're going we're gonna to make a spectacle of it. We're going to make it by September 11th. We're going to weaken the country. Because, see, when our country is weak, when our country is in danger, what happens to us? We turn over all common sense to them. We turn over all power, all money, everything to them. This is just the, the state that we have unfortunately found ourselves in, the climate of our country. The more nervous we are, the more scared and unsafe we feel the more willing we are to say okay government save me help me do whatever you can do so these bureaucracies that have been created they will gain strength they will gain far more strength so as he tells you by the way we're going to we got two things going on now we got the instability of the vaccine we've got a recession because they're going to pretend that we're growing we're not growing that's why they have to print up money every month not growing that's why they have to ignore things like debt ceilings and rules and all the rest of it So now what's going to happen is their bureaucracies are going to become more and more and more in your life. You're going to see them more and more and more. And regardless of the actual facts, regardless of the data, they're going to use the very failure they create against you as an American citizen. And then you're going to have to pay for all this stuff. How much is it going to cost to send the 3,000 guys back in to get the 2,500 guys out? And how much more are we going to have to weaponize them when they start taking fire with our old weapons? That's going to get expensive. And then we're not going to be able to take them. I'm sorry. Can't take them out. We were attacked. They attacked the embassy. Now we're going to have to go in bigger and better again. And it's going to be the same nonsense. And China will be friendly with the absolute enemy. So you will be doing exactly what you should never do, fighting proxy wars. And the only one we've ever won, the only proxy war we've ever won is Korea. We lost Vietnam. That was a proxy war, too. Proxy War 2, same, same bad actors, China, same thing. So either we start focusing on what's really happening or we get used to the position we're in. And when I hear on the border Democrats and CNN and when I watch NBC occasionally or ABC and they want to ask questions like, are you, uh, are you surprised that uh, we've had the highest migrant run, illegal alien run across the border that we've had in the last 20 years. 
There's a reason for it. They like it this way. This strengthens their position. The U.S. is seeing unprecedented numbers of migrants illegally crossing the southern border. Customs and Border Protection reports more than 212,000 people crossed in July. That is a rate not seen in over two decades. The Homeland Security Secretary now calling it a, quote, serious challenge made even more difficult by the pandemic. CNN's Priscilla Alvarez joins us now with more. So uh, what more do we know about this surge at the border and why now, Priscilla? Erica, we're seeing a steady increase since the beginning of the year of migrants being apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border. But what makes July remarkable is that it is a high number for the hottest summer weeks. These are dangerous times. As our welfare kicks in, this number will look small. You've been hearing 11 million, 11 million. It's more like 40 million. They've been saying 11 million for 20 years. As the system implodes, it expands. What happens to you? What happens to your money? What happens to your freedom? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. All right. I don't think I can. Can I hit Tom? Give me Tom in Lake Bluff, will you there, you handsome devil? Tom, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Sean. Great show. Love your show. You, uh, I know we're talking about the betrayal in the Middle East, and that's been going on forever, but probably the biggest betrayal that ever happened is Amy Colbert Barrett not hearing the case with the uh, the college students with the mandate. Now they can take the Bill of Rights and throw it right out the window, give those communists in Washington, D.C. a huge a huge. Tom, you know what's shocking she was, what is she, she was the only one. She made this decision on her own. She's the one that's slated right. with emergency actions and she gave no reason she gave no reason for this so you know it, it fascism is implemented in this country you know the reason we had all those barriers is it was never supposed to be the only way it could be is if you had the law that took the position of of, of weaponizing itself and how could you say this is anything but political I mean, the idea that they don't even hear it, it reminds me of the other cases they didn't hear. It's preposterous to me. And, right. and you know, Tom, I have to agree with you. And, I, I you know, I love, a, I love the old neighborhood. I love a good fist fight. I love it. I miss it. But I don't, I don't have this, this fantasy that, oh, I want to go and, and there's going to be, uh, you know, violence in the streets. And this. I always thought that would never happen in this country because we had law. We had the Constitution. We had the, the concept that, you know, you, Tom, and me, we're, we're surrounded by this invisible shield of protection of our unalienable rights, and ultimately the judge would have to abide by that because he's steeped in American principle and law. You just you hit the nail on the head. That's wrong. That's an assumption of mistake. And we keep making that, and we're wrong. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's really a sad thing. It really is. And you know what? He should have done a little bit more research, and the people around Trump should have done more research, because this isn't the first time this happened with some of the judges he appointed. And if you remember, one of his big things is, I got the most conservative judges I appointed. Well, if they're all like this, you didn't do us any good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tom, I couldn't agree more with you. It's sad. I hope I meet you in the concentration camp. I look forward to the handshake. Thank you very much for calling the show. We'll see you then. Thank right, you. Thanks. Bill in Hinsdale. Thanks for calling the show, Bill. Hey, Sean. Can Congrats on the uh, extra hour, well deserved. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, this is my uh, last two-hour show. Yeah. Yeah, a buddy of Al and the guy that didn't want to go outside with you. Anyway, I'm calling <laughs> to ask: Is there any way this idiot can be impeached for seven crisis and going to Camp David to play tick 
scrabble with his niece uh, granddaughters. Don't you kind of don't crazy. aren't you aren't you glad he's on vacation? I mean, you know me, I, I I'm happy. I, I mean, come Just, on, though. get the I hell mean, out of the no, way. Because well, if we were like the Democrats, if you remember, are scared to death right now. Remember the Democrats when Trump ran, when he won before he was sworn in, they were talking about impeachment. At least they they did that. They constantly pressed the impeachment. I think you could have impeached Joe Biden for numerous, numerous violations of office, numerous usurpations of executive order that he should never have been able to to uh, to do or at least been challenged on. And what you've seen in seven months is this guy get his way. And and and, you know, the nail in the coffin to me, Bill, was when Mitch McConnell voted for the one point two trillion, knowing that it was going to be two trillion knowing that the reconciliation bill was hours away, knowing it, and then had the audacity to come down and pretend he was aggravated about it. So you really think these Republicans are going to do it, brother? You're going to have to get a whole new crop of Republicans in, and now you've got to to hope that the integrity is in this system when we go to vote next time. There's another caveat. Let me ask you one quick thing. Do you think the 25th Amendment was for Trump or Biden? I think it's for all of them. Do you know that? I think it's for all of them. I, I think mean, the biggest problem, biggest problem for with this country is we haven't impeached more. We should have impeached more. If we were people of character, yeah. we would have impeached virtually almost all of them. And I'm dead serious about that. You know, the, yeah. the idea Great. that we're married to these people. You. Thank you, babe. Thanks. The the idea that we're married to these strangers that are politicians of both parties, because we feel like we're on the team. In case you're not watching, you're not in the team. You're not a part of the team. You're the sucker. That pays for it, unless you can corrupt the right one. Now you're in on the team. But ultimately, until we realize exactly what's going on, that 25th Amendment was put there by the founders for every other, for every president, every single one. The minute they don't act right, let's get together, let's get them the hell out of there. See, that's how you're supposed to run the country. We're not supposed to be like we're all passengers. I love all the analogies. You know, it's a ship, turns real slow. You're in a car, you're in the ditch. What are you, a passenger in your life? Are you a passenger in this country? You just wait. Gee, I hope this guy does good decisions. You know, he is a Republican. It should be good. You know, this guy, he's a Democrat. He won't be that bad. You know, the minute they do anything wrong, you grab them by their hair and you pull them out of office. Now you can't do it again. The idea that it's now normal for presidents to sign thousands, thousands of executive orders. It used to be something when they signed hundreds. How many how many executive orders? Did Trump sign? How many executive orders did Bush sign? How many executive orders did Obama sign? None of it was supposed to work that way. I know it's it's it it's in the weeds, right? This is where people go, you know, you're in the weeds. Nobody wants to talk real policy. You're a real policy wonk. Well, why the hell aren't you going to go watch a couple strangers in tight pants run around and throw balls at each other this weekend? This is the kind of stuff you need to focus on. Because maybe if we'd have focused on it a little bit, when a 390-pound, 5-foot-2 I guess, man, but I don't have evidence, named Pritzker, signs a bill so that we can't discriminate against hairdos in school, but your two-year-old has to put a slave plate on his face. Maybe there would be something you could do if you didn't just sit there and get excited when the government took 45% of your money and you were excited about keeping the rest. Ooh, look at me. I get to keep, I get to keep a little more than a half. See, the principles of what you're entitled to as American, we've given it away. We gave it away. And we're continuing to give it away. So this, all this other stuff, this is theater. This is Kabuki theater. Ooh, uh, they, they didn't this. Why didn't Amy Barrett 
Amy Coney Barrett. I don't like people with three names. Why, why, why didn't she hear it? She, she gave no reason? Do you not owe me a reason? Who are you? Hey, dummy, who are you? You think you're a god in this country? I want to know why you didn't hear it. Or let's start a movement. Let's yank her out. Oh, no. She's a Supreme Court justice. They get to stay in until they die. Why? Is she my sister? I got to deal with her until she's dead? I'm telling you, we are so unmoored from the principles of what we are supposed to be in this country. We're supposed to be the boss. We don't wait for these slobs to tell us what we can and cannot do. We tell them. And until we get that attitude back, it's going to be a bumpy ride. That's why I'm going to do it with a tan and flip-flops on. I hope you join me. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls and comments when I get back. show goes if you're on the line stay there but um judges 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 i'm gonna tell you a story i um when i started to call radio stations it's it's a while now it's a little over it's gotta be 12 years ago guys in the neighborhood and politicians in the neighborhood would invite me to certain things i was living in elmwood park at the time it's a republican community it's a wonderful community even though i really didn't care for at the time the uh the the poorly shaped mayor named Pete Silvestri. He was a preposterous fella. Come to find out he's a corporatist scumbag. He was in on the uh, Gold Rush gaming. He was a business agent at the time. He was a mayor. He's the Cook County commissioner. I mean, it's just everything wrong with Illinois Republicans, and they're all the same. That's just how they are. So I was invited to a thing about a judge. Judges were going to running for office, and I walk in. There's a Republican community, and I knew the judge. I knew the girl's name. I had known her uh, through through relatives i went in and there were democrats so here's republicans Republican town throwing a fundraiser for democrat judges and i said to myself why would this possibly be happening and the reason is somehow in this country we made judges people who are supposed to implement the rule of law politicians they're politicians so you have these communities like chicago the judges are Democrats, and I don't just mean on the Supreme Court, where that scumbag wannabe Irish gangster rat with his big phony gold Rolex and his pinstripe suit, Ed Burke, a legendary gangster, legendary, a walking punchline, his wife, Supreme Court justice in Illinois. Well, isn't that just to beat the band? That's when you got to decide, I want out of here, right? That, it's ridiculous. So when you read about this beautiful beautiful police officer who was killed, murdered by scum with their lion neck tattoos like two special ed morons should be sitting in a corner with a dunce cap on. These guys should have never been on the street. Three crimes in a year. Three. Every one of them. Every single one of them they should have been in prison for. And who let them out? Political politicians with robes on pretending to be judges. Pretending to be judges. It's an absolute disgrace. Disgrace. And this beautiful girl, whose name is Ella French, just in case the, the, our, 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 our mayor dressed like the, the, a little short mentalist, the mayor in her phony man suit can't get the last name right. It's French, dummy, with your eyes that are like, and what's with those eyes? She's got her entire head is four inches long. Her eyes are four and a half inches apart. How the hell does that work? 
information about the man accused of killing a Chicago police officer and critically injuring her partner. And now new questions about whether that suspect should have been out of jail at the time of the shooting. WGN's Judy Wang has the latest from the newsroom. Four months before Chicago police officer Ella French was killed, police arrested Amante Morgan for a hit and run that seriously injured a man. The next day, Morgan was back. You know, I, I, I was just distracted. The call screen went on. There's a caller that says, how come I don't care people are dying from the pandemic? How many people are dying from the Democrats in Chicago, stupid? How many people? Hang up on that idiot. I don't take Democrats on a Friday. Out on the streets. The Sun-Times reports at the time he was already on probation for a robbery in Old Town. Amante Morgan faces charges in connection with a hit and run that happened in April in the 1300 block of Wells. A witness, a Northwestern Memorial Hospital doctor, tells the Sun-Times Morgan was driving a Dodge Caravan that plowed into a pedestrian in a crosswalk. The impact sent the victim flying and he slammed into a stop sign. Police caught Morgan when he crashed into a parked car about a mile and a half away in the 900 block of North Cambridge. Court records show Morgan was charged with misdemeanors and was released on bond. It- That's the problem. That's whose fault it is. That's who should be sued, sued until they can't afford to pay their tab where they go get drunk every afternoon. Because I was a bartender. The best tipper, the best customer was a pretend judge. Loved it. Drunken stumblebun slob. I used to bartender Eric and me once in a while on North Avenue. This is the problem with the system. So until you depoliticize our justice system, expect more of these two-bit gangster scum. Because you know what she's doing? She's protecting her base. See, the murderers are Democrats. You think that those kids were going to vote up and vote? You think they were going to vote for capitalism and vote for liberty and vote for freedom and the right for business and the right for citizens to keep their property? How do you think those scum, scum, that shot the police officers. How do you think they were going to vote? So now you got Democrats protecting Democrats. They don't even mind when you kill Democrats, right? Because I got the Democrats that call up. Don't you care about the people dying of COVID? I care about my freedom, my kids' freedom. That's what I care about, dummy. I don't know who these people are. I don't know if they look like Pritzker and could do a sit-up or a jumping jack. I don't know anything about them. I don't know if they're drug addicts or pedophiles or scumbags. And the answer is no. If they're all of those things, the answer is no. I don't care. All right, give me a call or I can't see a screen. Hello, thanks for calling the show. Dion, thank you. Hey, how you doing? All right, Dion. Can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Okay, well, I just wanted to comment that, uh, let me take y'all seat first. Yeah, my comment was, I'm a, I'm a male black. I live in the Chicago area. So I was hoping when Trump was appointing these judges that he would get another man preferably someone like a Clarence Thomas. I was a little sketchy on Brett Kavanaugh, but I was supporting him because I didn't like the fact that his due process was being violated with these women coming with these allegations against him. But it bothered me with his backstory that all of his law clerks had always been females. And I don't want anybody who has a sniff of wokeness in I'm tired of the woke movement thing. Isn't that true, Dion? Wouldn't it be nice, Dion, if we judged each other by the by who we were as people, as human beings, as character, by our achievements? Wouldn't that be something, Dion? You remember, that's how it was always supposed to be. The overcorrection by these people who just want control is going to be terrible. I want to thank you for calling the show, Dion. I'm sorry I didn't get to the rest of you. I'll be back after this. From the 
streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Rick Moran is a writer at PJ Media. His work has appeared on Washington Times, ABC News, Fox News. Best part about it, he's an Illinoisan. He has touched upon a topic I wanted to bring him on for. Rick, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Just fine, Sean. Thank you. So you wrote, um, I have to tell you, I have a nephew who's a police officer. I have um, been listening to, you know, kind of uh, their interpretation and his outrage at what's been happening since this. uh, You know, to me, when I look at her, I see somebody that could be my daughter, right? So this beautiful young girl who's a a woman, a police officer, as she was, in my opinion, murdered because of uh, different obligations that were put on her to new policing. And now you see that it looks like the upper echelon of both the Chicago Police Department along with the mayor's office is not giving it the respect it deserves, her, the respect she deserves, her mother, the respect she deserves, or the Chicago Police Department, the respect they reserve. Do I have it about right? Yeah, that is exactly right. The uh, the upper echelon of the Chicago police force, the, you know, the officers and uh, the people who run the force, are separate from the cops on the beat. I mean, there's too much distance between them, and they're too political. They try to accommodate the mayor and her radical friends who are, let's well, we know what they're doing. They're, they just assume not enforce much of the law at all. So, yeah. Uh, so in this particular case, after she, after she passes away, you know, I—, I I have a very, it's a very personal thing when someone close to me passes away. I, I, I want them treated with a certain respect. So, sure. you know, I have a thing. I, 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 don't want my, I don't want my family member to go to a morgue. So I wait with them and I wait for the doctor to come in and we have the, my, I'm related to a, to a funeral director. My father-in-law comes in and they take, you know, and I want a certain respect. Chicago police officers throughout history have given a certain respect to their police officers who are slain in, in the line of duty. There is a procession. They show them respect. They line the streets. Why would a politician want to disrupt this tradition? I don't understand it, Rick. They don't want, uh, you know, any notice given to the police. uh, Any positive notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's the activists are running the city, basically. I mean, they're they're dictating policy toward the police, the ACLU, the, uh, uh, you know, some of the uh, black activists who have changed the policing methods. Uh, this is, this is what's and, going and on. Rick, a lot of those time. activists, the irony is a lot of those activists are actually white. You know, one of my favorite things, I used to watch a lot of Malcolm X, a lot of his videos. I listened to a lot of his speeches. I was very intrigued by him. And if you Remember, his biggest thing was he was more worried and concerned 
with the Democrat, the white Democrat claiming to be a liberal the whole time being a Marxist, using his people as pawns, as, as, as game chips. And when you see what's going on in, in, in specifically Chicago, where it's far more dangerous to be shot and killed and carjacked than it is to die of COVID, and you see what's happening, what is the future of policing, in your opinion? What does it look like in Chicago? Well, I think we both agree that there needs to be some reforms. I mean, there are some bad apples in the police force oh. who should not be on the police force. And, uh, and you know, that, that we should try to keep them off the police force, people like that. Rick, there was so, a guy I, that did this show that used to pander to police officers, and he used to just support the blue, support the blue. Then he, then he, he voted for politicians that wanted to defund them. I never did that. When, when Laquan McDonald, that 16-year-old kid, was murdered, in my opinion, by Van Dyke, I, I, I came way out in front of it, Rick. I took a lot of heat. I said, you don't shoot this kid 16 times. You know, when I was a kid, I've been beat up by the cops just as many times I've been beat up by other guys that you know, I got in arguments with. I, I understand that cops are policemen, but the vast majority of them, the vast majority, have the intention to help people. And I think you're right. We do have to have a system. But I think we also did have a system that kind of weeded them out. Now, was it efficient as it should be? The answer is going to be no. But as you see the way in which these these murderers who killed this girl, their history, how they were let go from felonies. We don't have a, a, a judicial system that's fair. How could we expect one in the in, in the police department to be fair? I mean, the reality is we're failing on all fronts of justice. Yeah, all they've done really in this uh, uh, that uh, consent decree with the Department of Justice, all they've done is just add a, you know a, a ton of paperwork for officers. To, they have to fill out a form if they draw their gun. They have to fill out a form if they shoot their gun. You know, it's it's just it's. So when you have to go to a car, you can't have your gun. Out. You can't have your gun out yeah. when you go to a car, right? I mean, isn't that one of the new regulations? Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. It, it's like, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean it's it looks good when the mayor gets up in front. We have these reforms in place now, you know that that weren't there before. Yeah, but you know the point being, who the heck cares when it's when their kids getting gunned down on the street, innocent kids? Why should why should we care about the paperwork? And it, it, it looks to me, too, like there is an uprising in the people who are victims of these neighborhoods. There are good people trapped in very bad neighborhoods. And they are now put in a position where, due to politicians, they cannot assist the police because the police are few and far between. They've, their, their, their ability to react has been neutered. So now you're asking them for help against people who will definitely kill them if the word gets out that they talk to the police. What, what, in your opinion, when will be the breaking point before the the politicians do what they're sworn to do and protect the citizens versus protect the perpetrators? Oh boy, you know I. That's a tough every, one, huh? Every murdered eight year old little girl, I think it's the breaking point. It should be the breaking point, but it's not. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's not the it's not 
going to happen. I don't know what the breaking point is. So it's just the low expectations of, unfortunately, what they've done to us as Chicagoans, as Illinoisans. We just kind of expect this to happen, and it becomes a thing where you get used to having 50 people be the number that's going to get shot every weekend, and it's really just a... Uh, an office wager of if it's going to be under or over. It's just it's just a disgrace. Yeah. And I had some hope, though, when I watched your other article about California. I like the idea that when a politician sucks so bad, the people can actually recall him. That's something in Illinois we never have. But it looks yeah. like um, it was it was looking like uh, any Tusum Newsom was going to be recalled by the people. Was he just saved by the president? Yeah, that's unfortunately it. Uh, no, you know, the interesting thing about the recall process in California is that it, it's not just a question of, of whether you want the governor to be recalled. It's also a question of who you want to replace him. And that usually plays into, you know, whether the, the voters want to recall Newsom. And he might be the worst governor in history, but if there's nobody better to, to replace him, I think. You know, they're not going to vote to, to get rid of them. Uh, Larry Elder, who is the um, leading candidate in, in California, nice, inoffensive man, radio talk show host, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not a bomb thrower. Uh, but so, you know, people look at him, but they, you know, he's a, he's a Republican. You know, it's bad. And isn't that California. isn't that moreover the reason as to why Washington, D.C.? would stop a rule in place that the people of California are supposed to have the right to do. It just seems, Rick, like um, every time the people want to speak out and want to demand that representative republic we're supposed to have, it seems like we're either undermined or overtaken or or just the, the government proves itself to be fascistic and detached from what the people are actually demanding in representatives. Yeah, it's a question I think, well... I'm an old man, <laughs> you know. So I'm, uh, I, I've seen a lot, yeah. and uh, my my feeling is that this country is just too big to govern now. It's too big. The government five trillion dollars is that even uh, comprehensible? Well, when you were a young man, five trillion dollars. When you were a young man, conservatives, or as they called themselves, or just Americans, were disgusted. At a, at a bill that had $80 billion. The entire Goldwater yeah. movement was started over $80 billion. That was a movement that you could argue delivered Ronald Reagan. You could argue... And we almost had we almost had a revolution when the when the federal deficit was $180 billion. I mean, exactly. good God almighty. This bill, this bill that, uh, that Biden wants to pass, this $3.5 trillion bill, will add $256 billion to the deficit. And that's using their and that's using their trick. That's using their Enron math. If you really use the math, and you realize that you know the GDP and all of this is already a velocity of manufactured printed money. You're you're so interwoven with this. I think I think you could argue that we're bankrupt. I think you could argue that um, what you're seeing here in California is actually Democrats saying, "I've had enough of this guy. I want him yanked out." And yet they're being neutered. Is is this dead, or is there still a way for the California, uh, the people of California, to to move forward with the recall of Newsom? Well, yeah, the, you know, even if they recall, what what are they going to do? The, the but, Democrats are three to one in the in the California legislature. So, so even if they not, even they if they recall him, the other legislature doesn't believe. have to remove him. 
No, no, no. I, I'm saying even if the voters remove him, it's going to be Democrats who are going to vote to get to kick him out because there's a three to one Democratic advantage in uh, in California over Republicans. So, uh, so you're not putting money on the fact this guy's going to get recalled. In your opinion, he's not going to get no, recalled. No, I think but Biden jumped in when he realized it was, he wasn't going to be recalled. I think that's <laughs> that's a typical political move when when uh, politicians jump in, you know, after the issue is decided. So, so now, I, you know, yeah. Now your other article. I want to. I want to move on to your other article. It, it it appears to me that the most sex, the most successful deplatforming of any American citizen has been done to the the last president Donald Trump. It seems like he's been defamed. He's been deplatformed. In fact, um, you're hard pressed to have anything said in a positive light of his presidency. Now there are some things in his presidency I disagreed with, but I I did um, specifically favor a lot of his foreign policy views as you see what the reality is of of our politics as usual which is represented by joe biden what's happening now in afghanistan trump came out and 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 pretty much attacked him but what was it one station that picked it up i'm not even seeing this on other news stations uh you you talking about his written statement it was a it was no a when you, you trump lets biden have it the world's going to hell in a handbasket your article you wrote yeah that was an email that he sent out to his supporters oh uh, okay <laughs> so i i thought this happened during an interview and um it was because it, i saw it mentioned in a in a in a blip on fox news i have not seen it on any of the other news outlets it's as if they're acting no. as if he's not saying anything he has people that supported him that supported the idea that we would take a lighter hand approach in the middle east but have some sense of a strategy and um i'm not seeing republicans come out and kind of enforce what the republican people wanted who voted for trump was yes we wanted an exit strategy but we also wanted a form of stability during it we didn't just want this chaos where now we're going back in with thousands upon thousands of troops and we all know how this is going to end we're never going to get out after this. Now, we'll be getting out. The question is, how many uh, of our diplomats are going to be kidnapped or killed before before the uh, troops leave? Because it's, that's what we have right now is, is this these Taliban terrorists running across the, uh, the country of Afghanistan. They're, they're out of control. Uh, they don't care if they kill a bunch of Americans. They don't care what the world thinks. So, no. you know, we got 3,000 troops there to protect our diplomats. We've got 1,500 diplomats that need to be evacuated. Uh, and uh, we don't know, you know, what if the Taliban takes over Kabul, which is going to be very soon, maybe by the end of the weekend. Who yeah, knows? It, might, it, might, it might be um, the, by the end of this interview. It could, it could potentially be. Yeah, I mean, they're marching knows? through there like there's no resistance. And the reality is it's, it's ironic to me that this is happening on the same week, hours after, we had an American sitting president for the first time in my lifetime beg OPEC to produce more oil as he months earlier shut down our ability to be energy independent or at least... Uh, be able to not have to beg the very people we are 
enriching at every turn with our idea of bringing stability to the Middle East. It just seems like a loss that we cannot figure out how to cut. Well, they want to get rid of fracking, which is, you know, the uh, uh, hydraulic fracturing, which supplies about 40% of our domestic oil. Maybe it's maybe it's less than, less than that. Uh, the point being, they've got Biden is cutting production. He's preventing drilling on federal lands. You know, he's he's cutting our production. <laughs> then he goes I, hat in hand to OPEC, asking them to turn up, turn on the spigot. I mean, so that's now you're, crazy. You were just saying you're old. You remember the seventies. You remember the lines. Oh, you remember no. the inflation. Did you ever think you'd live to see a president make Jimmy Carter look like Socrates? No, I had never thought so. As a matter of fact, uh, the, uh, the you know the domestic oil output, we were number one in the world again. You know, in the just a few months ago, just a few months yeah. ago, when you put it in perspective, I think we still are, but it doesn't it doesn't matter because we can't burn the we can't burn the stuff because of the environmental regulations that are coming out. I just I don't know. When you're seeing, when you're interacting, now you have a blog, right? You have, uh, when you're interacting with people, are you seeing more people, in your opinion, come to the um, idea that we have to come together or do something and change the, the Republicans that are in office? I mean, is there a bright spot in our future when you, when you step back and look at things, or is this something we're just going to have to tolerate for the next three and a half years, in your opinion? Or do you think we're going to win in two years, at least well, in the Well, I think House. the Republicans will take over in 2022. What that means, who knows? I mean, Biden isn't going to do anything the Republicans want to do. He's not going to sign any bills. That but, the but the Republicans will do what he wants to do, as we just witnessed. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, that, Rick, thank you so much for joining me. Rick sure. Moran, I so appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yep, bye. All right, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. All right, I can't believe how fast this goes. But um, this is the last day of two hours. Monday starting Monday, 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 three hours, four o'clock. I'm expecting my regulars to tune in now. Come on now. Uh, I'm also expecting you to call or start to call. We have Friday features with me. I have to confess, I didn't watch a lot of TV this week. I worked my derriere off because I'm down in Florida servicing some of our Chicagoans who are relocating, who are at least offsetting. Because um, what we're talking about doesn't have to be where you're a complete victim. Right now, you have a choice. You can continue to p- pretend that somehow Illinois is going to turn around and people are going to be good. To me, when we saw Sean Caston elected as a congressman in the western suburbs, that really was the nail in the coffin. I really did. At that moment, your fellow Illinois and your fellow Chicagoan is part of the Either they're in on the welfare scam, they're in on the corporatism, or they're too stupid to see it. So to me, that was the end. But now we're going to go, I'm going to go to break. And then when I come back, I want movies. I only have two. I only watched a documentary and a movie. I'm going to need your suggestions for the weekend. And then um, we're going to come back. We're gonna, it's going to be after Tom Beck in the news. And it's your calls for the rest of the hour. We'll be back after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. 
So I have to confess, I have not watched a tremendous amount. I just didn't have time. And I started a book, The Devil and Karl Marx. It's fantastic. I've got about three of them going, but this one has really captured my attention. But I have managed to catch just a couple. Val, the documentary about Val Kilmer, absolutely loved it. Framing John DeLorean. There's, I, you know, I thought I knew the story, and I did know the story. There's a lot going on in that that I didn't know. And then I haven't seen it in 25 years. Dustin Hoffman, little big man. Absolutely fantastic. So a little light this week, but I've been very busy, as you know. Now, I only have one line open. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let's go to... Don and Carol Stream. Hey, my friend. How are you, Don? Good, good. And so for my uh, evening vlog. So, yeah, I've um, had uh, 1984, I think it was 1984, but Bill Murray and The Razor's Edge. Do you know I have not seen and, uh, that? The Razor's Edge. That's not the one where he's the writer in Chicago and he goes to the mountains, no, right? No. No, that's John Belushi I'm thinking of. Never mind. No. Razor's Edge. Yeah, it's it's really cool because it's based like in in the World War One, and uh, it goes to the the war. It's kind of like this. uh, I don't know, kind of a playboy kind of guy, that type of attitude. And it's Bill Murray, isn't it? uh, Yeah, and his brother Brian Doyle Doyle Murray was in it too. And he's actually the guy that got killed in front of him, wow. saving his life. And I kind of sent him to, uh, um, like, to, he went to Tibet and uh, was, was with the Dalai Lama. Oh, is that where he, he and, could, uh, he's got eternal peace on his deathbed? Is that the one? Was that the lead in the Caddyshack? All right, I'm going to check it out, Don. I love it. And by the way, for you, okay. I did I did forget one. That I, that I caught one of my favorite. I'm a Burt Reynolds guy. I love Burt Reynolds. Can't help it. The Man Who Loved Women. Do you ever see that? Uh, no, I don't think I, 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 I heard about it, but I don't think I saw right. it. Well, I'm going to check out Razor's Edge. You check out The Man Who Loved Women. Thank you, Don, for the call. I appreciate you listening. Thank you. Oh, I hung up on him. Sorry, I got a full board. Well, now we got one open. 312-642-5600. Jeff, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hello, Sean. How are you, Jeff? Sean, I love your show. You're doing a fantastic job. I even love your morning show where you let Dan and Amy host. Thank you, (laughs) brother. I love that, Jeff, and I'm going to remind them that I'm just letting them host that. Very good. Thank you. And and I think you know my wife, Candace, but this is the first time I've ever called in the AM560. Wonderful, Um, wonderful. Anyways, I, I... I have always wondered who is married to the lovely Candace. She's a she's a wonderful girl, and uh, I I'm assuming you have your plugs. Go ahead. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yes, I have a a theme going here. So for the movie, Sean, I would like to suggest Child Forty Four. It's Gary Oldman, Tom Hardy, and it's um, World War Two Soviet. It's a it's a murder mystery, but um, I think it's very eye opening. If anyone's worried, the the worst way our country could go, 
I'm going to check it out because, you know, I've seen it on Prime. I've seen the advertisement for it. And, I, you know, I love Gary Oldman. I also am aware that every once in a while he'll cash a check because I've, yes. I've had high there's anticipations for him. And I'll, the, is he good in it? Yeah, it's good. There's a say uh, there's no murder in paradise. And, of course, that's what the movie is about. It's about a murder mystery. But wonderful, under wonderful. the communist regime, there's... Sure. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful it's then, a wonderful utopia. Um, it's responsible for 140 million murders, but other than that, it's a wonderful way of life. People are just going to love it. Jeff, say hello to your wife. Thanks for calling. I truly appreciate it. And thanks for listening, Dave in Wheaton. Hey Sean, um, congrats on your three hours on uh, Monday, and uh, you're one step closer to taking over Rush Limbaugh and national syndication. It, it, <laughs> I, 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 I'm embarrassed to even be mentioned in the same sentence, but I appreciate that. Now, you always have good movies. This is one thing okay. you are good at. So what do you got okay. for me well, now? One thing. At least one thing. That's right. I don't live with uh, you, but I'm giving you one thing. I, that's more than I give most people. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, you're a film person, so I'm going to try to class the place up. Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Look at you. Kurosawa's... Now, now, Seven Samurai and all these, you know, the spaghetti westerns and all that. Yeah. There's a movie that came out in 1980 called Ron, and it's based on the Shakespeare play Lear, and Ron means chaos, I guess, in Japanese. Beautiful film. Um, just a story of, I kind of like the monarchy things because of all the corruption that goes on, and the Biden thing is like a monarchy. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you mean know, our president, yes. Right, yeah. I mean, and, and you'll see why it's a terrible form of government. Yeah. The other one that I'm going to recommend is a documentary on the Tokyo Olympics, 1964. Oh, wow. Um, is it a, new? Um, uh, it's a famous 1964. It's a famous film, actually. Um, but it's a documentary on the 1964 um, Tokyo Olympics. And one of the things I like about it is most of the athletes are steroid-free. Most yeah. of the athletes are amateurs. And you see the joy when they win an event. Dave, that's why I would I'm never like, watch it today. You know, when they have these right. guys, they, they, oh, they won the gold in basketball. They're pros. What, what are they supposed yeah. to win? The silver? It's so preposterous to me. Thanks, so, Dave. Sean, I appreciate it. Okay, yes. you got it. Have a good weekend. You too, brother. Thank you. Terry in Rogers Park with a classic, Omar Sharif. Yeah, if it's... Uh, I, I'd watch the uh, two movies, Nicholas and Alexandra and Dr. Zhivago, if you want to learn about the reasons and result of the communist takeover of Russia. Classic movie. And Omar Sharif, I'll tell you what, he did a phenomenal job. Great call, Terry. Great pick. Doug in the South Loop. Yep, Sean, I got two documentaries, both by the same uh, guy. Uh, both of which I stumbled across by accident going through Netflix. I cl years ago, I clicked on this thing. I don't care anything about formula racing, uh, but and I didn't even know who this, this guy was, but there was a documentary called Senna on, uh, 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 what's his first name? Uh, Ayrton Senna. And uh, it, it wasn't like any other documentary, documentary I've ever seen because it wasn't based on any interviews. It was just based on footage of of a past footage that they had saved up on the guy or or or, or you know home movie stuff it was a remarkable style i, I can't really? really tell you any more about uh, well i'm gonna I'm, I, I'm gonna check it out because i'm a big race fan i know exactly well, I, I'm a, and i have not seen this and that, 
And then the same thing happened a couple years later, well, a few years later, I was just stumbling around. I don't, I don't even, I've never listened to more than maybe two songs by Amy Winehouse, but the for best. some reason I clicked on this Winehouse uh, documentary and I was just astounded because the style was so good again. And then about halfway through, I stopped watching it to see who made it. And it was the same guy that made the Ayrton Senna uh, documentary. Now, the reason, so Doug, I clicked both. on you right away, she's one of my favorites. Yeah. I listen to her all the okay, time, well, even now. I've you'll, seen you'll it. I love them because... Oh, yeah. I, I oh, saw Winehouse, it. but not the other one, Senna. I'm going to check well, it's, it out. It's going to be the same style, same style with the other one. Doug, so, thank yeah. you. And stay safe, South Loop. Windows up, doors locked. Don't be a uh, cowboy. Uh, thank you very much, Doug. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, I'll be back with the rest of your calls after this. I mean, some of the songs that she's you don't know that haven't hit the charts. She's just, what an amazing voice and how young she was. You know, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to take one of the callers here because I like old movies, too. I especially like those movies that we all watch with our family. In fact, I every time I see A Fish Called Wanda or think about it, I think about my grandmother and my great aunt just laughing hysterically. That, that's the best thing about watching an old movie. It takes you back to who you watch them with. And Tammy downtown has a great movie. Hello. How are you, Tammy? I'm great. Um um, one of my favorite movies uh, with uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise is The End. It's the best. I highly recommend it. The best. When he's yes. cutting the deal with God, the closer he gets to the shore, he's shaving the percentage off. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Hilarious. And then when you look at Dom DeLuise, who back then was considered fat, put him next to Pritzker. He looks anorexic. <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> Look at what's happened. The whole damn thing is worse. Tammy, you made my night. Thank you very much. I am going to watch it this weekend. Harry, Lake Zurich. Hey, Sean. How you doing, buddy? Very good. This is another good one, kid. This is another good one. Yeah, listen, I, you may have... I'm, I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't mentioned this to you before. But uh, The Great McGinty, I think it was 1942. Uh-huh. Do you know what? It's, remember what it's about? I don't know if you. It's uh, Brian Donlevy, and uh, the politicos in Illinois hire him. He's a bum off the street, and they hire him to become governor. Oh, really? So I remember it yeah. being a political satire. Um, I it's saw it satire. in. Satire, yeah. I, I saw it in film school in 1987. All right, it was one of the movies we had to watch. And I loved it. I remembered just, you know, I really, I thought it was wonderful. Um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I forgot uh, it was Preston Illinois, Sturgis though. was the director, and, uh, you know, it, just, it really says a lot about, it's still happening in Chicago today. There's all these Chicago, I think, it, I, did you ever see the one with uh, Peter Sellers, um, where he's the gardener, and, and he's, 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 he just oh, inherited? Oh, yeah, 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 Chancey Gardner. Chancey Chauncey. Gardner? That's what Joe Biden is. Yeah. That's what Joe Biden is. You remember? He couldn't form a thought or a sentence. He would talk in parables. And I mean, it's, it's Harry, what we're living through is insane. Enjoy yourself in Lake Zurich. You know, don't, don't think about the money and the taxes and the inflationally adjusting. You just focus right, on the beauty because it's, it's beautiful there. I love listening to you. Congratulations on your three hours. Thank you, Harry. I mean it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Last but not least, David in Lansing. Hey, Sean, I uh, hear you talking about film history. I had a film history class, and one of the films we had to watch, I recommend it to everybody, 
It's uh, uh, from 1919 or something like that. It's called Battleship Potemkin, and in my opinion, it's the first time, it's the first significant film that socialists used to, to push their propaganda out. It was about the uh, yeah. 1917 Bolshevik Revolution. They perfected it. Yeah, they perfected it. And what's yeah, the one you got now? What's the one you called now? My, my next one is um, 1989, and it's ex-wrestler... Uh, Rowdy Piper stars in it. It's called They Live. And <laughs> I remember the movie. <laughs> it, it's an action comedy. It, I remember. It, it starts out as an action film, and then in the middle of the film, you realize it's a comedy. Too. After what Arnold Schwarzenegger said, I have a lot more respect for Rowdy Rowdy Piper than I do Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I appreciate it very much. And thank you, right. David, for listening and calling. And another political movie is the greatest movie ever made, Citizen Kane. Because it was after that movie where Orson Welles was making fun of William Randolph Hearst that he was sidelined for 25 years through Hearst's political corruption. Another great movie that should be watched by everybody. Fastest radio show. It's still going to be fast when it's three hours. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. 